You're listening to Create Your Own Story with Terrell Garnett. This is Lavette, and you're listening to Create Your Own Story with Terrell Garnett. Hello, everybody. I have a special guest, as you heard, Lavette. Um, I've known Lavette for forever, literally. <laughs> literally, forever, since the sandbox. Um, Seriously. Yeah, so we go way, 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 way back. Um, and I haven't seen you in God knows when. It's been many, many years. Since the outlets, I, when we were both working there. Yeah, um, so like 2010, 11, 12. No, older. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, um, I don't even know. Was I working at Perry Ellis? Yeah. So like 2008, like right out of high school then? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dang. I was at Nautica. Yes, this has been, dang, it's been a long time. Um, so yeah, I really wanted to have you on because I know that you've gone through a lot within, within these years and I feel like you have a, a testimony, I guess you would say, um, <laughs> that you could share with people and just everything that you're going through and how you're overcoming it and continue to overcome it. Um, and I think that it's a, it'll be a great thing for people to hear and to, to motivate them to keep pushing. Um, so... For the people that don't know you, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, oh man. Well, I'm going to be 35. Um, I have children, three that I birthed, two that I foster slash adopted. So five kids total, a grandson, another grandbaby on the way. Nobody knows except now you. (laughs) And then, um, gosh, I don't know. I'm a single mom, unfortunately, again. Uh, but yeah, that's me. I'm a student. Um, yeah, trying to finish my degree. That's pretty much it, I guess. So I know you said that you're a single mom again, and I I hadn't known until you, like for somebody that is supposed to myself that is supposed to be on social media a lot because you got to promote your stuff. And granted, stuff does go to Facebook. But it goes via um, Instagram, so I had no clue that you were no longer with your husband anymore or any of that stuff whatsoever until you had mentioned it. And then I was like, "Huh?" So then I go and look and some <laughs> investigating. I didn't see it. Just, oh, dang, it happened that. so fast, honestly. Like, if you were to ask me a year ago if I ever seen this coming, I would tell you no, never. I thought we were happily married. Um, I thought he was very much in love with me, Um, not only by him constantly telling me that, but like his actions, you know, I didn't know there was any issues or whatever until um, I came back home, you know, to California for a family emergency. And two weeks before he actually sent me a text, ghetto, I know he texted me that he wanted a divorce, but um, two weeks before that was my auntie's funeral. And he came out for the funeral and he was like, all right, I'm going to just going to be focused on working so we can all be together again because the plan was for us all to come out here together. And um, 
He's like, I'm just going to do a lot of overtime since you and the kids are over here and we'll all be back together again. And then two weeks later, I got a text that he wants a divorce. Um, so it came as a shock. Have you spoken to him since or found out why he wanted to? We've had several talks. Like we haven't actually spoken like verbally in, I want to say two, maybe almost three months now. But um, he has given me several reasons. I don't really feel like they're honest for some reason. Like, it doesn't seem right. Like, um, let me think of one of his excuses. Like, oh, well, sometimes you chose the kids. You pick their side over me. And I'm like, what? Like, well, first of all, those are my kids, you know. But um, or he felt like. Uh, I was putting too much on him, but like, I want to say like a year and a half ago, I thought I was going to die. So I was kind of trying to get him and the kids used to me not being around. So I was doing less and maybe I shouldn't have done that. But the way my health was looking, that's what I felt was best. Um, And then he also said he didn't want to be an Oxnard. And I was like, okay, so you're saying if I didn't move then we'd be together. He's like, well, I didn't say that. So I'm like, okay, it's kind of contradicting. Yeah. I personally think there's somebody else, but what do I know? Yeah, that's so, uh, lack of a better term, so fucked up, you know? Um, at least give a, a real reason. Or be yes, yes. Because I feel like anytime anybody goes through any type of hardship or breakup or anything like that, like, it, you want to know exactly what the reason was so it helps you cope. Yeah, I feel like it it would kind of give me a little peace of mind because it's like, I feel like it's unknown and that's what like doesn't sit right with me. But I'm like, I think in this situation, because the way he's behaving, I'm just never going to get that. It's like a coward way. Do you think it had anything yeah. to do with your illness? Or? I feel like maybe it, it did have a lot to do because I, I mean, I know you're not on social media too much, but... From like 2020 up until the beginning of last year, I was like very, very sick. Like I'm telling you, I was in the hospital all the time. I mean, I had fainted in his arms before. Like it was just crazy. I was in the hospital one day and they were like, you're probably not going to make it out of here. Um, It was pretty intense. And he is young. He's six years younger than me. And, you know, he's a mama's boy, kind of spoiled. Um it's a lot for anyone, you know, and then in that situation, I think it was probably even more for him. And he doesn't really talk about his emotions or feelings with anyone, not even me. So I feel like if you keep all that bottled up, it eventually just kind of tears at you. And I mean, that's just me trying to assess, you know, I could be wrong, but I feel like that probably had a lot to do with it because he didn't start acting different till I was gone. And it was like, maybe it was like a breath of fresh air for him or something, you know? Um, but he knew that you had, well, for the people listening, can you tell them what illness you have? And what you're doing? Oh, yeah, duh. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I have lupus nephritis, which um, is, there's, I want to say two or three different forms of lupus. And the lupus nephritis is an autoimmune disease that specifically targets your uh, kidneys. It does affect your joints, your muscles, your skin, your hair, like it, it attacks you, you know, basically anyways, but primarily it attacks your um, kidneys. And then with that, I'm now in stage kidney disease. Um, So I'm on dialysis and 
um, just dealing with all that all together. And um, they tried to, when we first got together, um, I had to do another round of chemotherapy as a treatment for lupus. And then that actually pushed my kidney disease further faster, which we weren't obviously expecting. So in the beginning, I was very upfront with him when we first started just talking, you know, before we ever even went on our first date. And he was like, oh, I don't mind, you know, don't try and push me away because of that. And I felt like he handled everything pretty well. I mean, he would get freaked out real easily about stuff, especially if I ended up in the hospital. And then when I started dialysis, it was kind of um, intense, I guess, for him. And my body wasn't really tolerating dialysis very well. But, um, yeah, I was very upfront with him from the beginning. And I um, I actually even try to push him away. Like, no, I don't really want a relationship, you know, but... He was so different than the type of guys I was used to before. So it was like, oh, okay, maybe he really means it. Maybe he can deal with it. And I mean, for the most part, he was a godsend. But yeah. It's really hard to, to, to deal with um, for you, you know, for everything that you're going through. I'm sorry, you broke up a little bit. So that's got to be really hard for you to deal with, with everything that you're going through. And then in the middle of all of that, going through a divorce. Um, how long has yeah. It, has it, how long has it been now? That we were together, or since he, uh, we got together in um, 2017. We were engaged four months later and married within a year. So we got married the following year, and then um, we split in July of this year. Yeah, or past year. Past year. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're in 2023. Yeah. So all of this is just back to back. How is your health? I feel like it always happens like that, but like good news, I'm officially like on the transplant list. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it took me a long time to get there. And for the people that don't know about the transplant list, like what are the odds or what is the length that they're expecting that you'd have to wait till you find a match? Well, the first part of it is they expect everyone that's um, in stage kidney disease to be a minimum of six months on dialysis successfully, like not missing treatments, not um, uh, like doing stuff like that because you're not really supposed to miss them and like just being very compliant. So they want to see at least six months of that before you're even considered for the paperwork. And then you have to be like a certain weight. You have to be. Um, med compliant too so you're taking all your meds and um, when I was in Arizona Mayo Clinic denied me twice because one they said I was overweight which most of the weight was fluid from being fluid overloaded because your kidneys don't process right and you're not urinating properly and the fluid stays in your body and then dialysis pulls it but I wasn't getting good dialysis so it was like kind of like a catch-22 and then um once you've completed all that, like for, you know, quote unquote, uh, normal people that go through dialysis and all that, um, that aren't having issues, then you have to go through a intense screening, making sure you don't have cancers and any type of illnesses and whatnot. And then if you can try and find a living donor, that's like the best option for your body. You're more likely not to reject the kidney. 
And if not, you have to wait for a deceased donor, which that list is so long. Uh, Living donors that you personally know or that someone volunteers uh, speeds it up a lot longer. But I was denied twice in Arizona. And when I came out here, this was pretty quick. They actually expedited me. So I think this summer I should be getting a transplant. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. And do you have somebody in mind or are you going to get a living donor? As far as I know, there's two or three people. They won't tell me who, so I'm not even sure if it's anyone I know or not because I did put a link out there and ask people to share and stuff. Um, I didn't see that. I need to be there's on social media more. <laughs> what was that? I, said, I didn't even see that. I need to be on social media more. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, there's two people or three, I'm not sure, um, when I last went over there uh, to Keck Medicine medical center they said that there's two people that have been through the first initial screening and when i had last went they did like all this blood type testing tissue testing all that so depending if they're a match or not um if they're not a match there's a program where you can pair it with somebody else like another people who aren't a match kind of thing if that makes sense so like it would be me plus my living donor and then someone else with their living donor, and we'll do like a swap. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So they said that they put me on the fast track. So I did basically all my screenings and stuff already. So now I'm just waiting for the person um, to be the living donor. My settings because I'm getting text messages. I'm just like, no, that needs to be turned off. It's okay. Before I get into some questions and maybe get deeper down into some stuff, I do want to play a song. Um, so this song is, I actually haven't heard of it. It's a new song by an artist, Nina Amber, um, uh, who I like uh, as an artist. This song is called Fucked Up. Mm-hmm. So we're both going to hear it together for the first time. You can catch this song, though, on my playlist of Vibe Sold Separate. And I'll okay. also be below. Here we go. Let's listen to Nia Amber fucked up. Didn't mean to go through your phone. Now I see you texting other hoes. Damn right, I gotta let you know. No. Tired of hearing all the lies 
questions with everything that you've gone through question that I like to ask people is how do you respond to emotional pain how do I what was that respond to respond to emotional pain I'm sorry I can't hear you respond to emotional pain oh wow I can definitely say now is a lot different than I used to um now I try and um, talk through things, pray through it, um, kind of meditate on it, work out type stuff like that. Before I wasn't very good at processing pain and emotions, and I kind of would act crazy. I don't know, <laughs> not really crazy, but, you know, not not in a healthy release, you know. Yeah. Um, How do you think I try to, like, read and stuff. Like, I... I feel like before I felt my feelings, but like almost over dramatically, if that makes sense. And now it's kind of like, whoa, take a step back, evaluate. How can I do this differently instead of um, thinking on my first emotion? And what, what I know you said that you used to, you used to handle handle it differently. What? what when did the change when happen? I was, when I was younger, like a teenager and stuff, I used to cut. And, um, a couple of times I tried committing suicide. Um, when I got older, it was more like if, for example, you know, my son's father cheating on me, he's acting a fool. I'm throwing his stuff out. I'm, you know, trying to fight with him, you know, like acting a whole fool. Very. What what was the change? Kind of self-evaluating, like, you know how you sometimes see people or movies or shows or whatever, and you're like, dang, that person's acting crazy. Like, that's how I felt like, whoa, like, I don't want to be like that. And I also want to teach my kids better. And I know a lot in my family, we have a lot of dysfunction. And I kind of just grew up like that, you know, seeing that from different uh, people in my family. And I didn't even realize I was mirroring the same thing they were doing. And I was like, it just kind of hit me one day. I don't even really remember when. And it was like, whoa, LeVette, what are you doing? Like, you shouldn't be like that, you know, and um, just trying to chill out and just teach my kids better. Everything I do, I just mostly do it for them. And I want them to be successful, healthy, like in all aspects of health, you know, mental health, physical health. And so I tried to be that so they can mirror that instead of keeping the cycle of craziness going. Totally, totally makes sense. 
I don't think I've. I don't know. I feel like I've always been kind of even tempered with when it comes to just whatever. Like I never really got too loud. I never got too crazy. And then now that I'm even older. Oh, that's good. Now that I'm even older, I'm even more mellow. Like sometimes I'd be wanting to tell somebody off. But yeah. I said on a previous podcast that um, I ended I ended a friendship or whatever, and they they were just like, well, I don't know if we can. And I was like, well, we can't be cool. Like, I don't care. Like, you know, like, I ain't ever lost a friend I needed. That's I always say. Yeah. Um, And then we spoke, this is like a couple years ago, and then we spoke more so recently, and they were telling me how they felt about the whole situation. And I didn't necessarily agree with what they were saying, but I'm just like, it doesn't even matter. Like, I don't need to say my piece because I don't need the back and forth. Like, right, I, I got, I'm too old for that. I, I, you know, <laughs> for reals, you're like, yeah. When it's a long time ago, it's like, what are we still talking about this for? Exactly. And then I had a uh, this one person. I'm not gonna say their name. I, I really don't care, but for their sake. <laughs> but um, they, I, I did. They asked me a question, and I answered it truthfully. And mm-hmm. it had nothing to do with me. It had to do with somebody else. But I answered it truthfully. I didn't care. Like, and they screenshot what I said and sent it to the person. And wow. Yes. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to block them on everything. Yeah. And because I don't like, and I forgot to block them on TikTok. And they start, they messaged me on TikTok seeing if I was okay. And I just didn't respond because I'm just like, you know what you did. Like, exactly. I don't need to tell wow. You. Don't That's really petty. Yeah. And like the and the, it's crazy because the person that she sent it to is somebody that she doesn't talk to at all. Like that doesn't or no no no. Let me rephrase that. That does not talk to her. They don't even like her. So and it's so like, they were just trying to stir stuff start, up. Basically. Just stir stuff up for no no apparent reason. That's sad. That's yeah, very childish. Very is like a true place in hell for somebody like that. Just <laughs> between people for no apparent reason. And that's I, awful. Yeah. So I. We no longer speak. Um, I don't, you know, I hope she's doing well, but if she's not, she's not, don't really care either way. Like, <laughs> uh, that sounds so mean, but it's just like, uh, you know, I just hope that you grow because you can't yes. live like that, especially when I was good to you. Like, forget the other person. Like, I was good to you. It's like, very sad when people do that. And I just, I wonder why though, like some people, and I say this like, and I believe this, that some people are just evil. Like, yeah. Like and they like the drama. Yes, and I don't know what they thought was gonna happen. Nothing happened from what they did, but it's like, what did you want to happen? And like, how did you, how did you think that it wasn't gonna come back on you? <laughs> yeah, like we're all adults. We'll all speak. We'll, yeah. we'll confront this. We will speak about this. Yeah. So it was really, really, um, it was, it was really a time. I was really surprised. Um, Dang, that sucks you had to go through that, but oh, no, it's cool. it, you know, better to cut that person off, you know? Yeah, that's better than be I know with it. Then, then, you know, if something serious happens, and that's how I am now, too. Like, I really don't hang out with many people. Um, the only person I yeah. hang out religiously with, and that's still not all the time, is with Diana. Like, um, dude, I love that so much. Like, I'm like, man, when I go back home, I want, I'm, I need to kick it with them. Like, yeah, <laughs> y'all be looking like you have the most fun. It, so this past, did, did she invite you to the Christmas thing that we did? No. Okay, it's probably because so I was supposed to invite people, 
we did a Christmas thing, but I didn't want to do the Christmas thing. <laughs> so I literally waited to like a couple days before it actually happened to invite people because I wanted it was my idea, but I wanted to. Oh my goodness! It. And you didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it, and I'm like, I was just like, why did I say like why? And we had gotten stuff for it, so it's like, and I was still trying to cancel it. I'm like, we can give this. Oh my food, goodness! Why the homeless? Like, I just didn't want to be around people. I did not want to mingle Aww. with people. Like, I don't want to. And I said I was gonna cook all the food, and I, I was like, I don't want to cook anymore. Did you cook to, though? I still did everything I did. <laughs> I invited people, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry that you're getting this really late. <laughs> because yeah it was like maybe two three days before I, I started inviting people and yeah so I told her we're not gonna do it this year but she wants to do a Halloween one so if she does do a Halloween one I'll let you know ahead of time okay um maybe I'll be healthier by then maybe my, uh, I already have my transplant and be somewhat normal yeah well fingers crossed yeah um, so to get into my next question, what do you think that life's teaching you right now with everything that you're going through? Patience. I think for sure patience and, um, not, I'm the type, like I need to know things. Like it doesn't matter what it is. Like I just need to know. And I feel like, for example, like the thing with my husband, like I'm never going to know, you know, I don't think what his real reason is. And I have to learn to be okay with that. So I think that's what I'm being taught right now is patience and just kind of letting go like, okay, I don't know why this is going on or why this is happening or why you're acting this way or whoever, you know, family, friends, but I need to be okay with that because we're not always going to have that answer. And I used to be the type like to bug about like, no, you're going to tell me why, or you're going to this and that. And, it's like, nope, Lovette, you just got to sit back and just, you know, let it be. So what do you think that you're born to do on this earth? You know? What do you, what do I think I was put to yeah. do? Yeah. Shoot, I don't really even know. Like, I find myself asking that because I feel like from day one, my life was a trip. But all the things that were meant to kill me literally have not and so it has me feeling like maybe there is a greater purpose, but I really don't know what. Um, I mean, I, I'll share this with you. Um, I was a crack baby, and that's why my grandparents raised me. Um, they had me since the day after I was born. And, you know, the doctors told my, you know, my grandma, but I call her my mom, you know, she's my mom. And uh, that I would be mentally retarded and I wouldn't be able to do this and do that and all this negative stuff. And like, here I am. And, you know, the times I tried to commit suicide, here I am. Or um, some of my ex-boyfriends have tried to kill me and here I am, you know, like just so many different things. Um, when I was pregnant with my first daughter, some dumb drama with my friend and her boyfriend and he was cheating and I don't know what happened, but he pulled a gun out on me. He held a gun to my head and I was being dumb and I'm like, go ahead, shoot me. And he didn't, but like, you know, just all these crazy things. So I'm like, all right, God, like you have something planned. I can't see it. I don't know what it is at all, but I'm here, you know? And then what I stopped, I don't know if you had seen this. I had posted, I want to say it was 2020 or no, 2021. 
I had talked to my kids and my husband and it was like, um, my health was just getting worse and getting worse and dialysis wasn't working and I wasn't tolerating it. And then I kind of was just ready to give up. I was like, my quality of life sucks. Like I'm just going to die. And I talked to the kids about it, talked to everybody about it. And my main family a couple uh, weeks later, I decided to post it on Facebook. Like, I don't really want no one to say anything, but I'm just going to tell y'all what my plan is, you know? So that way, if I die, y'all know why, you know? And everybody was like, oh my God, I can't believe you're doing that, blah, blah, blah. And usually people die within two weeks of stopping dialysis. I made it past like nine months. That was like unheard of. And my labs, like I wish I had them in front of me so I could tell you what my numbers were. They were so unheard of. They're, all the doctors, people were flying in to go see me because they couldn't believe I was awake. I was talking. I was functioning. I was moving around um, by the time I finally like almost did die. And they were just like, whoa. Like, And I was like, dang, like. I, I, I didn't, so I stopped doing dialysis and then I went to see my favorite nurse from the dialysis center like months later and she looked at me and she just dropped everything. She started bawling her eyes out and she was like, we all thought you were dead this whole time. And I was like looking at her like she's crazy. But then when she was explaining it to me and then when they're like, please just, just let's just do some labs. Let's just see where you're at. And, um, she was like, cause at this point, like you could just go to sleep and never wake up. And I was like, well, I don't want to know, but, um, yeah, I had like no hemoglobin in my body. Like it was crazy. I had to have like four black bags of blood when I, ha- I had to get a transfusion. It was just so crazy. And I was like, all right, Lord, like you have something planned for me or, you know, because I'm still here. It's yeah. so crazy. Like, but I'm still here. Yeah, no, nah, I didn't see that. <laughs> I, I didn't see it on Facebook. Like, any kind of update that I ever get from you is from my mom. And she's like, oh, do you hear the bed? Like, she does. I'm like, oh, like, how do you know? Like, that's my friend. Right? <laughs> I freaking love your mom. She's the sweetest ever. Yeah, but she's always she's like, I need to hit her up because I guess her face or someone hacked her Instagram. And so she had to make another that. one. Um, so she was saying that she, I don't know if she had added you back yet or not, but she's, she was talking about it the other day that she needed to add you back. Oh, yeah, I remember when they did because I reported it. Yeah, I don't, that was weird. Um, I, it's like, I, usually I, I see accounts that get hacked, like it's usually with people that have a whole bunch of followers. She only had like 100 or 200 or something like. But yeah, I guess, it's like, why? I'm people ass- are weird though. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming because they were trying to get money or trying to get something out of it. So, like, people with smaller accounts, that means that they probably know everybody that they're friends with on there. So, it's more likely for them to follow through with it, I'm assuming. Yeah, like when they ask for money and yeah. stuff. Like I had somebody on Twitter hit me up and was like, "Oh, do you think I can borrow some money?" I'm like, "Why didn't you text me?" So I text really? Them, yeah, I text the person because I know them personally, and I'm like, Did "Yeah." You get hacked? And they're like, "Yeah, I got hacked. My Twitter got hacked." And I was like, oh, "Okay, cool," because they asking for some money. Yeah, that's a trip. Yeah, I was like, I was gonna send it, but I thought it was so odd that you hit me up on Twitter and not just text me. <laughs> right. Um, but let me get into another song, and I feel like this one's kind of appropriate for with everything that you've been going through. It's by one of my favorites, Kelly Price. Um, it's oh, song. I love her. It's called It Will Rain. Let's get into it. Come on in. Something that you must know. For a while, there 
questions to ask people is if you could have an intimate dinner with three people past or present whether living or not who would those three people be and why and what, I'm sorry and what, and what what would you talk about wow for sure my grandma I mean I guess she's my great grandma because she passed when I was like four years old, but everything I remember about her was like amazing. And the stories I hear are all amazing. And then um, my grandfather that raised me that also passed when I was 10. Um, and then I don't know. Uh, like, I don't know. I would have to think of maybe like an entrepreneur or something, but I can't even think right now. But I feel like older people, oh, you know who would be great? Malcolm X. I know that probably seems random, but I'm actually, like, very, very, like, I wouldn't say obsessed, but I love Malcolm X and, like, his whole journey and everything he went through. Like, I've done so many reports on him when I was, like, in school and in college and stuff, and he was very fascinating to me, and just like his outlook on stuff and the way he was changing, you know, right before he was assassinated. And, uh, my grandpa was, uh, a huge leader in the Islamic community. And he also, you know, came from nothing and the ghetto and, 
I don't know. I just, I like to hear people's stories, you know? That's why I, I love what you do, like, giving people that voice. I feel like every you could take something away from everyone. Yeah. And um, all the people I mentioned were all, like, kind of, like, self-starters. They were ambitious, goal-oriented. Um, yeah. I feel like I, I would just be able to just pick their brain all night with all the questions. <laughs> excuse me um i recently have been reading um i say reading but it was really an audiobook but i've been reading (laughs) my carrie's memoir um and i did not realize that um she actually came from nothing like i didn't realize that she sorry this like this ticking noise i'm so irritating um she grew up in a shack, like, like out of all of the artists and celebrities, like, I did not realize that, I mean, because what we know of Mariah Carey, what we see now is like, oh, this is this diva, but like, that's, yes, she's such a diva, but I felt like that's just, uh, in a sense, like, a a facade, in a sense, like, um, right, because this is what we put on her, this, we painted it out to be this way, so she plays into it. Um, right but like when well, reading, her, yeah. reading her book i'm not even finished i'm like halfway through it and just the stuff that she went through and in her growing up with her parents and her dad or her ex-husband Tommy Batola, like just like crazy and then the other person i would say um is lizzo um just because i was saying this the other day that lizzo is not supposed to win. Like, she's black, she's overweight, she's a female, like, she's not supposed to win. She's not supposed to win. And she's one of the biggest artists in the world right now. Um, so, to have all those odds stacked against you and still be, you know, Grammy. Oh, she's on top, yeah. And, and then she just seems so, like, humble and, like, down to earth and to be able to still maintain that and not have to sell your soul. Um, that's huge. Yeah. So, and just embrace being in loving yourself. Like that's just her whole thing. And I feel like people now, the times that we're in, like we're, people are starting to love. You know, you don't need a BBL, or you don't. Not, there's nothing wrong with getting one. Don't get me wrong. But you don't right. need this to be your authentic and beautiful self. Like you know, let your inside flourish. You know, without. So, I would have to choose her. And this is just today. I kind of love it. Like, I love that, you know, whatever someone does to make themselves feel beautiful, like, more power to you, you know, whatever it looks like. But just to be you authentically is a whole other, I feel like that's on a whole other level. Yeah, and it's just so, it's, I feel it's rare, especially with celebrities. Like, I tell people, like, so many people or kids want to be, like, this celebrity or that celebrity, but it's, like, what you see is not how they really like, right. even, like, when we were younger, we had, like, MTV Cribs or whatever. I see so many artists yeah. now that they, they come out and they're like, oh, yeah, that wasn't even my house. And it's like, that's so crazy. And we're thinking, like, oh, damn, we want to, like, live like freaking Beyonce or we want to live like, you know. Mm-hmm. And they, they wasn't even living like that. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's so it's so crazy to, you know, it's how society is. It makes us, you know, view things a certain way and that's just not reality. 
That's so true. And reality TV is not reality, so. Man, it's crazy because it's like, if, if we would have known some of the stuff when we were kids that we know now, you know? Yeah, but, it would make things, I mean, for me, it would make things a lot easier. I was talking to my friend yesterday, and we were saying how, like, I used to always be on social media back in the day, and I was just being authentic. Granted, I was, a, like, some of the stuff I read that I've said, I was like, I would never say that now. Dude, I cringe when I see some of the stuff I put. I'm like, oh, I said that? Yes. And then sometimes I see things that I'm just like, oh, that's still true. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I'm just like, why did I say Like, and I just didn't have a care in the world. And I feel like, I don't know, like how so- social media is now. It's like, I, I'm cautious to put certain things out because one, you don't want to get canceled or you don't want to like, you know. Oh my gosh, I know. It's like, it's like you can't give your own opinion on things anymore. Cancel culture is so real right now. Yes, it, it really is. And some of the people that need to be canceled aren't like. Yes. And I, like, yes. for instance, Krishan and Blueface. I'm not saying that they need to be canceled, but like, they're. Why is it getting so much attention? Exactly. Like, it's so negative, and I feel bad for the both of them. Like, yes. It's back, so toxic. Yeah. They go back and look at it, you know, years from now, they're going to be like, oh my God, what was I thinking? You know, yeah, um, for sure. But like, it's just it can't it can't be it couldn't be me. That's, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Could not be me. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So like, I, I feel like we. When I say we, I mean Americans and just not, not actually people in the world. We just like, yeah. Pop, pop, well, we make things so popular that should not be. You know. I agree. Um. And there's so many people, and like I've said this about this whole Chris Brown thing where people were like still attacking him of something that he did when he was 19. I'm not condoning what he did because what he did was wrong. But it's like at the same time, like there's so many other people out here doing the worst thing. And he, I know he had commented on the blue face thing. Like you guys are happy when blue face is doing it. But I did this when I was a child. This is a grown ass man doing this stuff. And you're not even yeah, saying anything. And nobody's saying anything. They're romanticizing yes. it, if anything. And then Chris Brown is still getting hate from it. And it's like, it's so crazy. And I know blue face like, went back at him with some stuff but it's like it, it I don't know I, I just feel like some, I like one I feel like we need to give people a chance a second chance you know with certain yeah. things in life whether it be I mean because how I see it is like and this is so crazy to say and I hope no one pulls this poll <laughs> but like <laughs> no matter who you are you have somebody in your family that hit that you know there's there's been a domestic abuse in some and yeah, not somewhere around. somehow, and and sometimes you may justify it like, oh, she she had no business saying that to him, or vice versa, you know, like, and that's why. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have to get out of that mindset, and we shouldn't hold accountable. Like, we're holding people accountable in the, in the aspect of Chris Brown. We're holding Chris Brown accountable for something that he did when he was nineteen, but he did not do that to us. If right. we gotta forgive him, what like you, you don't? He doesn't owe us an apology. Like, no. Meanwhile, nobody's confronting their family members, you know? And then it's like sometimes, like, and I've seen this recently, like, when holidays come around, I've seen some posts or whatever, it has how, like, your parents would be like, oh, cover up your, you know, your uncles are coming over. And it's like, you shouldn't have to cover up because they shouldn't be looking looking at you crazy. Like, um, or or lock the doors, you know, someone's coming over, they might, they steal. Like, then don't invite them over. Like, (laughs) exactly. I'm so big on that. Like, you know, some people are like, you're so overprotective with your kids and this and that. Because I'm like, nope. 
you ain't going to be looking at my daughters up and down or even my son. Like, I don't just let my kids go with anybody. Like, I basically don't trust anyone because I feel like, especially in the black and Mexican community, and I'm both, um, it's so hush-hush when there is any type of abuse. Like, let's just sweep it under the rug type stuff. And I'm like, uh-uh, I'm going to air everybody's stuff out. Yeah, I so, and that's this is so random that I'm saying this. You said black and Mexican community. So when we talk about serial killers, I know this is so left field right now, <laughs> but we talk about serial killers, and we and we always think that majority of serial killers are white people. Yeah. Um. So studies show that most serial killers kill their own race. So oh the wow! Reason why we know so many white people are, are serial killers, or we say this is because they kill their own race and therefore the cops are searching for people that kill white people. But when if someone's killing black people or someone's killing Hispanic people, they don't really care so much. So they're not going out and searching for those things. Wow. I never thought about it like that. That's crazy. I watch a lot of serial That's so sad. <laughs> no, but it's, it's, it's sad when you think about it though. Like, you know, there's probably just as many, but they don't care. Yeah, it gets, again, pushed under the rug. Well, I mean, I know that whole Jeffrey Dahmer thing was so popular, but look at who he was killing. Yeah. Um, You know, how long he got away with it. And Exactly. And I don't think that Jeffrey, like, because I know, like, recently it came, the movie came, but, and people were, like, felt some type of way about it. I'm like, there has been, like, five Jeffrey Dahmer movies. Why do you care now? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what the difference was. I think because it was on Netflix, probably. But anyways, um, people were just like mad, like, oh, he was racist. And I was like, I don't think that Jeffrey Dahmer was racist at all. I think that he actually, one, was attracted to black men. Two, Mm -hmm. didn't want to be gay and didn't know how to cope with it. Yeah. Well, his family was so anti, you know. So I think, granted, I don't know, know him at all, but I've seen like people, interviews with people that have been in the cells with him and they said that he was a nice guy. Like, yeah, um, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, but, I mean, that's how you get away with certain stuff for so long, too. For the outside world, you look fine and dandy. Yeah, you right? look normal. I know. I I have a friend. I'm gonna say this on this podcast <laughs> that did some crazy, crazy like he's Joe Goldberg stuff, and wow. was staying with me for a little while because he didn't have nowhere to go. And it's funny because I did not want this person to necessarily stay with me. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just like, oh, I'm going to stay for like, do you think I could stay for like two weeks before my place gets ready? And I was so reluctant because this is a year ago, a little mm-hmm. over a year ago now. Um, I was so reluctant because I was going through a lot of stuff. Like my, my cousin got into a really serious motorcycle accident. So I was literally driving oh back and forth to Fontana to here to go to the hospital. Um, he's doing really a lot better now. Thank oh, God. Good. Thank God. Um, and, um, then I was my, one of my one of friends or not two anymore, I was going through a divorce, so all of his negative energy was on me, so I was just dealing with so much, so after I got over the hump of the my cousin in the hospital, and then me and my friend stopped being cool, I was like, oh, wait, I, weight has been lifted off of me, um, and then he wants to come and move on, and I just did not want to, I was like, I need time for myself, like, you know, I'm so drained, and mm-hmm. I, I let him stay for two weeks, Two weeks turned into four months. Whoa. Wasn't paying no rent. Wasn't doing, like, you know, and he wasn't a bother. Don't get me wrong. He wasn't a bother to stay here, but it's just like, bro, I need my space. Like, yeah, if you're staying here, sure. I'm worried about, like, 
making sure that you're okay, you know, hospitality and everything like that. Like, I want to make sure that you're good and I have to worry about something else. So I ended up kicking mm-hmm. him out. Um, he was going through some stuff and whatnot. Um, but once I kicked him out, like, I was just so much happier. Like, I was like, I can get back to me. <laughs> um, yeah. But comes to find out that he was stalking somebody. Um, what? Yes. And I, I'm not going to say who, because I don't want to give that out on the, the podcast. Uh, I'll tell you offline. <laughs> but and you're going to be like, that's the person they were stalking? Yes, yeah, stalking them. And then I guess tried to extort money from them because he was going to tell people that it turns out they might have been having an affair. But I guess he was doing this to several other people and was like having affairs and then extorting them for money. So they would, yeah, it was like some crazy stuff. But if you knew him, you would never expect that at all. Like so left field. Um, and That is so wild. And I haven't, talked to him since all of the stuff came out like he won't return my phone calls I don't call him anymore now text message or whatever my mom said she's seen him in the store and she was like hi like tried to give him a hug or whatever and he like went around her and left out the store I have another friend that said that they seen him at the gym and they like waved to him and they he grabbed his stuff and left and it's like you didn't do any of this to us like we like you know like we still got love for you we don't trust you uh, <laughs> you can't hang around us or our family but there's yeah. still always gonna be love there like you know um so like we did nothing to you but so the, why are you gonna treat us you know some type of way yeah that's too bad but yeah so that's what i go all that to say that you never really know like you like you even when you think that you know people you never really know anybody and people are asking like well, did you see any signs and it's just it's like now looking back on it i've seen certain things Mm-hmm. But like, you know, how was I noticed to look out for that? You know, like exactly. And I was telling people because you I, you just give people the benefit of the doubt. It's like you know, like you kind of just brush off little things, like oh, they're acting a little weird, or oh, you know. And yeah, and people are like, well, do you yeah. believe it? And I was like, well, I don't want to be like the mothers that be like, not my baby. They would never do that <laughs> like that. Because <laughs> it really be like like you been with this person for so long and everything like that you can never imagine them doing it so you're like no nah, they would never do that like you know but it's like yeah. sometimes they, they do be doing it like they do it's crazy you just never really know you never know you never know um so i'm gonna put my last song and then i ask you two more questions uh, before i let you go this is like my favorite song right now by one of my favorite groups the walls group um, and it's produced by Teddy Riley, so it has like that new Jack Swing feel to it. It's a gospel song, but it just makes me want to get up and dance. Um, and I love the Walls Group. They're from Houston. They just came out with their new album. Um, I think their album's called Four Walls. Um, and so let's get into this. This song is called He'll Make a Way, and it's featuring Teddy Riley. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> Back like we never left. 
my faith i i feel like um honestly since everything's i feel like things have gotten harder but my faith has grown stronger in that and it's like you know how everybody's like oh you know there's always a rainbow you know after the end of the tunnel i really truly believe in that because you know i feel like we all have those seasons where it's real bad and ugly but somehow some way there's always a blessing out of it. Like, I mean, right now, example, you know, my aunt was passing away. I had to move back home and help my mom and all this and that. And meanwhile, my husband asked for a divorce, but like, you know, I'm back home. My health actually seems to have gotten better. I don't know if it was the change in altitude or what, but I'm not as sick as I was. I'm able to get a transplant now. Like, 
you know, there's blessings that came out of it. Cause if I was still there, Arizona denied me twice for a transplant. Like, I don't know, just little things like that. Like I definitely know, um, my faith is what keeps me, keeps me going. And it has increased throughout all the trials that keep coming. And I know there's more to come, you know, but, um, yeah. So, um, this part of the podcast, I always ask people to, oftentimes we always say nice things about other people, but I want you to take this time to give yourself appreciation for anything that you've gone through to overcome um, and just big yourself up. Wow. Um, that's kind of hard. <laughs> Um, I guess it's cool that I'm still standing. Like I haven't lost it, you know, I feel like all the things that were meant to break me haven't, you know, so yay me for that. I'm really, I don't know weird about compliments and let alone complimenting myself. Like I don't take compliments very well. I'm like really awkward about it. And then when you have to tell me to compliment myself, that's kind of hard. <laughs> Do you um, do you do affirmations at all? Um, no, I used to a long time ago, but I haven't recently. Oh, I I don't either. Um, however, I wrote <laughs> I wrote like a hundred affirmations for people. It's on my website. Um, but that's that's neither okay. here nor there. Um, but um, I feel like I feel like most people do not feel comfortable like saying good things about themselves unless you're like a narcissist. <laughs> right, right. Uh, it's just uh, it's always so uncomfortable, and it's it it's it makes you it makes you feel uncomfortable. But it's a good thing though, because I like we've all overcome something in our lives. So I always want to take that time out for people to you know take a step yeah. back, and think of what you have accomplished, and you know give yourself props because you you know you didn't have to make it this far, but you did. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, is there anything that you want to plug? I know that you do piercings and stuff. Do anything that you want? To plug? Oh yeah. Well, I actually own my own business, um, doing uh, tax preparation, bookkeeping. Um, I'm almost finished doing my notary stuff for California, so I'll be doing notary too. Uh, it's Jackson's Tax Services, and um, I've been doing that since 2019, and that's why I'm trying to finish my uh, CPA. So I could be like legit, legit, but right now I just have like my bookkeeping certificates and all that. And then I also for fun pierce and I've been doing that for a while, but I pierce over at the collective studio in Santa Paula and I only work there uh, Thursday through Saturday, but if y'all want something done, come through and I'll hook you up if you mention this podcast. Yes. And then where can they find you? Um, I'm on Instagram. I have a TikTok, but I suck at TikTok. I actually suck at social media, I feel, period. But um, my Instagram is love at J underscore 805, basic for Oxnard, right? But <laughs> I love basic. <laughs> but yeah, I don't really have like a business page on Instagram or TikTok, but I do on Facebook for my taxes and all that so people can make appointments and whatnot. But um, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and just telling. Thank you for having me. It was fun. I never had done this, so that's cool. So I hope I hope that uh, when people come on, they they I don't know enjoy themselves basically, and that is not yeah. 
I'm not trying to, I don't know what you will, uh, <laughs> be all crazy or all in your business, but I want you to be able to share something because I, I know that this is going to help somebody else. I had, um, I want to say two years ago, I had this single mother on and she was talking about like her, her being a single mother. And I had people yeah. me up saying that it actually really helped them. Um, so just these things, that's like, oh, it's a way to give back in a sense. Right, right. Well, anytime you want me, I will be more than glad to be here. You're awesome. And I hope we hang out soon because yes, I miss you. De- definitely. Yeah, we all got to hang out. I told Diana and Marianne and everything. Yes, I would love it. Yes, yeah, so we'll have to plan something soon. Um, yeah, I'll definitely hit them up. But again, this, thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. Catch me next time and on all social media, Terrell Garnett underscore, or just hit up my website at TerrellGarnett.com and at, be added to my mailing list. That's T-E-R-R-E-L-L-G-A-R-N-E-T-T. Talk to you guys soon. And that is all we have for you today. Check us next time. Create your own story with Terrell Garnett.